Snow West Show from our mountain snowmobiling headquarters in Idaho for over 45 years. Here's your host, Ryan Harris. Hey, welcome to the Snow West Show. I'm Ryan Harris. Uh, We've got a fun show lined up tonight. We're going to talk about the 2024 Skidoo Mountain Sleds. Uh, Obviously, the 2024 Skidoo Freeride is a largely changed 15-inch wide track, uh, new spindles, uh, turbo. You can get it at 146, 154, 165. Really cool sled. Uh, we're going to talk about the Summit Expert, the uh, the 2024 Expert, which is largely unchanged from last year, but it you know it's got a couple little things. It it got a new brake master cylinder that it's all aluminum, so it doesn't need the uh, aluminum cover over the plastic master cylinder anymore. Uh, or the reservoir, I should say. And we're going to talk about the uh, 2024 Summit X. Uh, got a couple upgrades as well over uh, 2023. And we've got uh, we've got some cool guests lined up. We've got, we've got a, a full house of uh, Skidoo ambassadors on the show tonight. In studio with me is Tony Jenkins. Uh, Tony, way back in like 07, 08, 09, you were, you were doing UTV stuff for Greg Painter. Yeah. And and back then, so oh, I'm going to say oh eight oh nine, he introduced you on one of his UTV videos as a legendary snowmobiler, Tony Jenkins. <laughs> uh, this this is like 15 years ago, but you were already legendary snowmobiler, Tony Jenkins at that time. No, I think he just knew the future of where I was going with that. Oh yeah, he's a visionary. <laughs> he, he, he saw where where Tony was going to be in 2023. Oh man, the mountain mod mania days, like that was something else. That was like like. Where did where did that stack up? Like you were you were doing snow stuff, mostly snow stuff. You did a little bit of UTV. You kind of ventured into that, but you're doing mostly snow stuff, right? You know, uh, you know the name Capner. Yeah, that's where I kind of got the start was uh, with the Capners, with Mark Capner, Mark Capner, and Aaron Capner. Oh, geez. So we were up in Island Park, and I was hanging out with the Capners, and they had all these crazy turbo sleds, and uh, Greg Painter shows up and he starts filming us doing crazy stuff, and he's like, hey. Uh, we're going to visit the crazy Canadian, Dan Davidoff. And he's like, why don't we come up? So, of course, we get in a truck and trailer and drive to Canada and start doing climbing shoots and all sorts of stuff. And then from that day on, you know, if you if you were dumb enough to do something on a snowmobile, Greg Painter would film it and record it and make DVDs. <laughs> Jeez. And that, that, that's way back. Like, that's in the Thunderstruck heyday, the yeah. next days. Like, there were so many different dvds videos going on within when the yeah it was before it was right right when smartphones basically started nobody knew that everybody's going to carry a phone you could literally run your social media accounts off of a cell phone and film youtube videos and you know that was that was the change it's funny because these guys were selling some of these guys were selling like twenty thousand dvds a season oh yeah you'd make it a killing off we'd go to all the snowmobile shows in the west go to heydays and we'd sit at the booth and literally like people would come out with like wads of cash, like waiting for that video. Like, oh man, can't wait to get this video. Here's a hundred bucks. Like they were selling four of them. Oh man. Like, and then that died off like in a hurry, didn't it? Oh yeah. The, the selling of DVDs died off quick. And, and that was when, when we got involved with schooled films, like poor George Marsh, man. We'd, we'd go to different shows, trade shows and try to sell palm these DVDs off. And I can remember like with George, like just super depressed. He's like, I'm just not making any money at this. I'm not breaking even. And we'd go, like, sto- we'd roll into a dealership with a box of DVDs and we'd be like, Hey, uh, we'll sell them to you for like seven bucks a DVD. Cause it was costing George like a dollar a DVD to make. Yeah. But I remember just like we'd force feed the dealerships with all these DVDs and hope that people, 
you know, would buy them. <laughs> well, it's funny because the school, the school DVDs were really popular and they still are today. Like it, yeah, they people still search are. them on YouTube just to find clips from those because yeah. they were so educational and so well done, but it was at the tail end of the DVD era. Yeah. It's, it's just weird to like think how far we've come in the last 15 years. It's just how easier the sleds are getting versus how hard they were back in the day. Like you literally needed a proper instruction on how to backcountry ride an M series or an older Polaris or even the older Skidoo's like they weren't easy to ride. Well, you think about the kids that are riding right now, like the younger group of the younger generation of guys, they didn't have to learn how to ride five different ways. No, I'm riding a, I was riding an M series Articat in the same mountains I'm riding right now with my Skidoo, but I'm less tired at the end of the day. But yeah, I see these young kids and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We, I, we, I can't imagine what like Brett Rasmussen feels. <laughs> oh yeah, you go lay all this groundwork, and and it's just second nature to anybody now yeah. because the snowmobiles are built for it. Yeah, you, you just you just look at it and go, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm there. Yeah. All right. So legendary snowmobiler Tony Jenkins. We've got him in studio. We're gonna call Carl Cooster, a former pro snowcross racer. He's a race winner. Uh, he's got a, an X Hillcross, X Games Hillcross gold. Um, we're going to chat with Carl here coming up and we're also going to talk with Steve Martin, not, uh, not Steve Martin from all the murders in the building, the other Steve Martin, uh, Steve Martin, the <laughs> snowmobiler, former pro snow crosser as well. Uh, this guy is just, uh, he's, he's got a lot of stories. He's got a lot of stories. He's an animal. Uh, he never runs out of energy. He's hilarious. Uh, Steve Martin coming up and we're also going to check in with Lisa Grandin. She's, uh, she's one of the newer Skidoo ambassadors. I think she joined the team, what, late summer, midsummer? Yeah, she joined this fall. Um, we're talking about a girl that, like, there's not many girls that can tear apart their own snowmobiles to do their own clutching. This chick can pull out a motor and fix whatever she wants to fix. It's incredible. And she can ride. Yeah, she's impressive. So we're going to jump into our guests here coming up. Um, Tony, I want to talk to you real quick about, uh, you've, you've done some overseas riding. Like, didn't you, you rode in Greenland? Yep, I've been in uh, Greenland and Iceland. And are you going to go back there sometime soon? Probably. Uh, we're planning another Greenland trip probably in two years. Oh, nice. And then kind of I the same deal, same program. Yeah. And then I was supposed to go to Iceland this, this April, but kind of burned out on the season. So I want to focus on some summer trips. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for sure that. next year, I'm going to go to Iceland. Okay, cool. Maybe it was the Iceland trip that I heard. heard Why about. do you want to come with? No. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'd rather no, look they, at your pictures they, they, and they, just ride Idaho and Montana. And they Wyoming. teach you how to snort scotch up your nose. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> maybe for that reason, I'll go. <laughs> just to watch. That, that'd be a first. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk real quick about uh, the 2024 Skidoo lineup. I, you mentioned right off the top of the show, you know, the free ride is, is all new. Um, what, what stands out to you on that sled? Is that, is that the Tony Jenkins sled? You know, it's uh that sled is, is built for a specific rider. Um, the suspension in it alone is 50% more stiffer than any other uh, <clears throat> settings that we have in the lineup. But uh, that sled is built for the, the big jumps, big bumps, really, really aggressive rider. I mean, with the 15-wide track, the different spindles, it's more aggressive stance with the spindles, 36-inch ski stance. I mean, this sled is going to basically be the, the sled of choice if you were going to hit the big bumps and and do the whips and you know it's definitely i think hopefully don't offend anybody but a younger man's sled so if, if it's if it's for the big bumps and hitting stuff hard how is it in the mountains how is it in deep snow the sled works good um but it's definitely not the snowmobile i would choose for my everyday riding experience 
personally, I choose the Summit X and then the Expert package. But it's it's a sled that's different. It rides different than the rest of the fleet, um, just by the suspension calibrations and how much stiffer the sled is. But then also a turbocharger on a 146 15 wide track. That and was it, fun. It's that was fun. Crazy. Like it was almost, I can't even describe it. It was like riding a stand-up jet ski. You're just yeah, like, leaning back and you're riding the rear axle of that thing. <laughs> and it, it's it's almost too easy once you have the front end up in the air. Yeah. I mean, you can just sit there and, and literally like look that direction and you can steer it with a wheelie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's incredible. So you said you your first pick is the Summit X? On everyday like type riding, like if I was a guide and had to take people day in and day out, I would choose the Summit X hands down. Why is that? It's just a lot easier for a uh, for everyday kind of riding conditions. It's just a very easy snowmobile to ride. It's not as harsh on on the rider input. Um, it's just a solid package all around. But then if it's a day where I want to get more aggressive and you know chase other people around like my buddies, I'm gonna get on the expert because I can take a little bit more of a risk and not uh, get a little wild. But the Summit X, like just when I guide or teach, that's my favorite sled. And mostly because it's so easy to initiate stuff. And, yeah, it and just, it rolls clean. onto edge. It's just super easy. Like it's forgiving. You know, it's a very relaxed feel. You're not using as much energy to ride the sled versus with the expert, you're going to use a little bit, input more energy to the sled um, just because of the stiffer calibration and the skis and the, the fiberglass rod that's put all the way through the track, you know, the flex edge track. And then you've got, you've got two different rear suspensions between those two sleds, X and Expert. You've got T-Motion X on the Summit yeah, X. Yeah, you have T-Motion XT on the Expert. Yep. T, well, yeah, T-Motion XT, whatever they call it. But uh, yeah, so you don't have the T-Motion, so you don't have the articulation of the rear skid with the X, Expert versus the X. So th that's, that's a big contributing factor into how easily the X feels and how, how it reduces effort, you know, upper body effort and everything for, for yeah, and that you're talking about is the fact that that skid will, will kind of twist and flex as you lean over. Yeah, it articulates by four degrees on each side of the, with the T-motion and you have the flex edge track with the, with the Summit X, but also for new for 2024, you now have the adjustable limiter strap on the Summit X and you have a 4.7 inch riser. So you're lowering the handlebars to give you more rider input control. Um, and then if you jump up to the expert, you know, it's a little bit different package with different track. You got your, the C-Motion XT, you know, no, no T-Motion. And then you have the, uh, <clears throat> you still have your uh, adjustable, adjustable limiter strap, the different brake caliber. What am I missing here? Oh, different DS4 skis as well. So what do you feel in the skis going from X to expert? You're going to feel a lot more rider input in the handlebars. So if you're on a different kind of snowpack, like the DS3 is going to be more forgiving. The DS4 is a much aggressive ski. So the lightest movement in the handlebars, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it back in the rider chassis, in the chassis into the rider. Now, uh, you touched on one thing too. All three of these sleds, X, Expert, and Freeride, went to a lower riser, down to a 120 millimeter, 4.7 inches. It's 4.7 inches. So, and that that's lower by how much? Uh, what is that, like two inches from the Summit X last yeah. this year? So talk about why that's important to have a lower Already, the, the air goes are pretty low on the summits, and, and I agree with you. It's a good thing. It keeps your upper body well, lower. The, the biggest factor is, uh, and I get it, you know, you get like a six-foot-four guy like you, and some people 
don't like that lower riser, but I uh, let's hear what you have to say about it. I uh, yeah, I'm six four, and uh, I've been through the days like back in the '90s and early 2000s where it was all about tall risers and all about standing straight up. And that nothing felt more awkward than standing straight up on a sled. Granted, <laughs> granted, you know, you go back to like 97, the 700 RMK or whatever, and that was too low. Like they needed to come up, but uh, you see, you see modern snowmobiles, anything built in the last five years, uh, anything that in that range with a riser just throws the geometry off and it throws your upper body off. And anytime that the sled is sitting off camber on a side hill, those bars are so far downhill to reach yep. to pull it back on edge. It, it just, it increases how difficult it is to ride the mountain. So if you go lower on the riser, it makes the sled easier to ride. You're not going to feel that way. Like if you if, if this is your first time going to a lower riser, you're going to be like, ah, oh, my back hurts, my shoulders hurt, my neck hurts. I'm looking up, I'm hold, hunching down. Yeah. But that's the riding position. That's the, that's the pro riding position. So we call it the neutral riding position. But <clears throat> what I like to, what I like to teach is, you know, if you're doing any kind of water sports or skiing, your hands are always at your hip. So when you stand on the neutral position, so both feet on the running boards and standing up on the sled, hands relax, drop your shoulders, you know, back straight, head, head forward, look where your hands are laying. You want them down towards your hips. You don't want them up in your belly or up in your chest because what happens with a ski-doo is the sled loves you to be further forward on the chassis. So if you have tall handlebars, it makes you move back onto the chassis, which causes it to, causes it to over-transfer. And once you over-transfer, you're sitting there fighting the machine, which once you're fighting the machine, you're wasting energy. Yeah. And, and I, I've heard Carl Kuster and we'll, we'll jump on the phone with him real quick here in just a second. He's explained it really well too, as far as leverage, um, moving your bicep muscles in your arms and your, your pectoral muscles, um, just where your arms are, how high up they are versus being down by your hips. You just have a little more strength. Let's have yeah, a little bit more control, but yeah, let's, let's jump, let's get Carl on the line here and let me see if he'll, he'll pick no, it I up. Think it, yeah, let me say one thing before we get that guy on the phone. He doesn't shut up. No, I think it's cool with, uh, you know, it's it's not that, you know, there's different packages in the Summit lineup, and it's not that one's better than the other one. It's the fact that Ski-Doo has come to the to the ambassadors and the engineering has collaborated, and they've built a snowmobile in the mountain lineup that's specific for each rider. So what I'm seeing is a, a generation of people buying the expert because they think that expert sled's going to make them an expert. Well, guess what? If you're a beginner mountain rider, I want you to ride a Summit X before you buy an expert. And if you want to <clears throat> jump, in, jump into the free ride editions, like learn how to ride really, really good. And if you're super aggressive in the mountains, then get the free ride. But don't just jump right into a free ride because it looks like it's the best. Because honestly, all three are the best. And, that, and that's a trend we've seen, especially, let's go back to 2020 when the factory turbo came out. The, the yellow summit with the factory turbo even at that point and for years before whatever whatever new sled came out ten, it was just what everybody flocked to regardless yeah. of their riding style regardless of what it was best suited for it's just like that's the cool new thing everybody has that that's what i'm i'm just gonna own that right like i look at the summit x it's the lightest weight sled in the whole lineup i mean why not get the lightest sled and it's easier to ride but once you get to that level where you're out riding the Summit X, then you're going to have to jump into an expert. And then if you want to go hit the bigger jumps and, you know, get a 146 or you want to ride a little bit crazier, then go to a free ride. Yeah. And I, and I think riding styles kind of adapt with that because I, I was, I'm, I'm right with you. I thought, I think the Summit X is the easiest one to ride 
But once you jump to the expert and then you adapt to that rigid skid, that rigid track, yeah, the capabilities of that snowmobile, I have a hard time going back to the X. But starting out, stepping stones, I would you need to start on the X. So yeah, exactly. Start on the X. But my problem is is once <clears throat> let's say you're taking out a beginner group of riders. Well, it doesn't mean because you're an advanced rider. Well, guess what? You can't really ride in the same terrain as they can. So you kind of have to dumb yourself down to their levels so it's more fun for them and manageable. So if I'm on an expert sled and I'm in, you know, mellow terrain, it's not fun for me. But if I jump on my Summit X and I'm on mellower terrain, it's a fun day for me. Yeah. But a lot, granted, a lot of the guys that are buying these sleds, they're not, not guiding. They're not, they're not in your no. shoes. They're, <clears throat> they're, just, they're in a group where it's all about, uh, I want to go kick my buddy's trash all day. Yeah. I, I want to laugh at him while he's stuck on whatever, whatever sled he rides. Um, a lot of these guys, some, some friend groups, they'll all ride the same brand. Some friend groups, they'll all pick different brands and just so they can kind of, it, it ups the trash talk. And it's, it's kind of fun that way. But I think everybody's just like, I got to have the ultimate sled, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. It's just, it's the newest thing out there. Biggest motor, best turbo, deepest track, longest yeah. track, whatever. I don't, I don't, I'm not really going to even pay that much attention to what that sled is for. I'm just going to buy it. But, I, well, but I, I think people... It's like people buying diesel trucks. How many people actually need a diesel truck? Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, and, especially, and, and it's funny how that's, that's changed with the EPA coming out and cramping down on what you can do to modify the trucks, right? Yeah. Now, those people are like, yeah, maybe I don't really need the diesel truck because I can't blow black smoke and I can't make it insane horsepower. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm guilty. I was that, I was that guy. No, we were all that guy. <laughs> we were that guy on the same truck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bought your truck. Yeah. And that was a fun build. I mean, but but that's kind of gone away. And now it's like, well, maybe there's better trucks out there for me. Maybe I don't need a diesel. Yeah, I just want something that gets better fuel mileage. But anyways, good enough. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's a sign you're getting old there, Tony. I to tell you. Okay, we have Carl Cooster on the line now. Carl, uh, Tony and I were just talking about sled setup and handlebar and uh, and all that. And I remember I remember you teaching a couple guys. Um, I think, in fact, I think you taught Steve Jaynes uh, with Snow West bar setup and you know brake lever height throttle lever all that like you this you learned this through racing pro snowcross right yeah that's right we had a kinesiologist that worked for us and or that we had hired and and basically helped us uh do ergonomics on the snowmobile and set it up and you know he also was a trainer so he really understood you know what what we needed to have for strength and you know training and and um then as far as we really looked at no one else really did set up like that. So that was a, that was a big, or maybe not a big part of the puzzle, but it was a very important part of the puzzle to help us be successful. Um, you know, when you reach underneath on the throttle, let's say if it's down angle that like a, I'm just off the top of my head, maybe a 30 degree angle. Then when your palm up, you are using your bicep and your waist stronger that way. So then you have control of the whole snowmobile, you know, really by one arm, right? Whereas if you have the throttle tilted up too much, you can't ever get to that. And then you're only relying on your forearm and triceps, and then you just don't have the balance either. You can't triangulate. So how does this trans translate into, like, bar height on a mountain sled now? Because Skidoo just went to a lower riser across the board on X, Expert, and Freeride. Is, is that something that helps in, in that regard as well? Yeah. Well... You know, as far as like the jumping is, and, uh, you know, when you're on top of the snowmobile, let's say with one foot on either side or like, you know, straddling the, 
the Seton Tunnel like normal, like you would in Snowcross or you do in the mountain sleds. And you definitely with the Skidoo is that's something you ride like that quite, you know, in a very neutral position quite a bit. And if you're in really technical terrain, you can still utilize that stance, you know, and you're kind of hanging on with, let's call it the downhill foot is pulling on the tunnel and the gas tank. And then really when the bars are low like that, you're kind of, your knees are bent and the handlebars should be right at your belt buckle, let's say. That's mechanically where we have the most strength, right? So, so lower lower is better mm-hmm. than like super high riser. Yeah. That's what I said. I said most of your control is at your hips because that's where all your strength and balance is. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, and if you're taller, like, oh, go ahead. No, go keep going, keep going. I was going to say, you know, and I, I should have probably or whatever know this better, but as you know, in different heights, you know, you need different risers. But even you know, like at you know six feet, you know, I still run a fairly short riser, like the the stock riser. And I mean, if you're six foot seven, then yeah, I'll be it. You can run a taller riser, but then that guy probably almost needs to go to a little longer track too. You know what I mean? To get the balance and then. Because the rider, because the longer riser is pushing the rider backwards, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, backwards and then also off to the side more, right? When if it's tipping downhill on you, it's bending you at the waist and tips you downhill. So then the more, the more, you're bent at the waist, not at the knee, you know, bending at the knees is good. Bending at the waist, you're losing strength. Oh. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Spoke, spoken from a, a true pro racer right there. Um, <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. So I envision, I, I'm, I'm kind of perplexed here because I envision you being like one of the guys that the free ride is built for, but I'm kind of thinking back to more of your wild days. Maybe you're more of an expert guy. What, what what sled in the twenty four lineup is is your is the Carl Cooster sled? Uh, you know, I really, I mean, whenever we get pretty spoiled because we get to you know test all these different sleds. But if I had to ride one, I'd say I would just ride the X, honestly, because it's capable and all those, all those, um, um, you know, what do you call it, like not venues, but it's capable, you can jump it and stuff like that. And maybe in the deep snow, you don't need to have, you know, the capacity that the free ride has. So you can get away with some lighter shocks. And honestly, it's the lightest, nimblest handling one of the bunch, you know, and I like it. I think riding it fast is super fun. And you're a, you're a lightweight guy. You're big on, on lightweight. Um, yeah, exactly. And it is the lightest one of the, it's like, think it's six pounds lighter than the than the expert i think that was the number um yeah i think it's five or six um you know the, from the, 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 from X- the summit x 154 to the new free ride 154 near 11 pounds difference so that okay. that's a pretty significant number if you're if you're weight conscious which yeah, which you are you sure. know you've built some extreme lightweight builds up there at, at sycamus at your place um yeah where where does the expert fit in with you? Do you do you choose to spend a lot of time on an expert, or are you more just give me the, give me the X and let you go all day? Yeah, I pretty much just you know the expert for me is uh, you know and maybe it's different in snowpack and, and that 
I mean, you could speak to maybe even not so much different, um, maybe maybe riding traits would be a better place to to differentiate between the X and the expert. Because if you think of the X as something where you're more akin to like riding uh, an enduro bike, where you're maybe a gear tall, you have lots of momentum, but you're really laying track down, you're not spinning. You know, and you're really good with the brake and throttle control and just keep the track hooked up, then the, that's where the X really shines, you know, the T motion, flex edge stuff. I've never had a problem, never in ever had a situation where I thought, well, T motion just sewered me there or, or you know, got me, got, or, you know, wrecked my line. Whereas with the, with the, the expert, you know, with the XT, like the no, no T motion, no, and, uh, no flex edge track, you know, DS4 skis is maybe more like motocross, you know, where if you're just like get into the corner or you're climbing and then you're wide open and then no gas and then wide open again, you know, and you ride it more like a motocross bike. That's, that's more my thoughts on it, you know, and I like the technical enduro stuff. Um, and maybe Tony, you'd have something, what do you think about that explanation? Well, it's kind of funny to hear your input because mine's very similar. Yeah, Tony just got done saying about <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, that's why I was curious okay. what you had to say. I don't know. I'll I'll, yeah, be, I'll mean, be the expert guy here. I I love the expert. I've adapted to it, but I think it's because I've ridden it a lot, yeah. and I have a hard time going back to the X now because it's not as predictable. It, it's definitely easy to initiate, but but sometimes it doesn't stay where I want it. You and, tend to override it. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta you gotta manage the you know less input, but it's hard for you because you're riding all the brands. Mm-hmm. But I do like the expert. I, that makes sense though because the expert is relatable more to a player's chassis. Kind of, in a way. What are you what are you saying there, Tony? It's it's stable. No, but but I I've I've always been the big T Motion fan. I've loved that thing, but I don't know. There's just something about the expert. I just, I, I just like how it tracks. It, well, it's, just, it's just predictable. Uh, it'll, it'll get the job done. Well, that's where. <clears throat> That's the beauty about that, really, between an X or an expert is like, man, I mean, for me, if you have the opportunity, I guess, I would, you know, I'm totally going to be testing and mix and match stuff, you know? Like, I mean, because it's, you know, whether you do a flex edge track or no flex edge track with T-Motion or no T-Motion, you know, and mix and match them is like kind of like... Um, to me, having a bit moose or, you know, changing your tire pressure, right? It's like, well, maybe I'll do T-Motion, but have a non, non-flex non track, you know, might be kind of interesting. That's interesting. The, I haven't thought of that snow. combo. Have a yeah. T-Motion with, yeah, a non-flex yeah. track. What, hey, what do you think about the 15-wide yeah, track the, on the free ride, Carl? Well, I think, honestly, you know, the, the intent for that is really to ride, you know, like do more high-speed stuff, and I'd it's not for slaying, you know, eyeball the pow, you know, it's for doing more jumps and hits. And, you know, if you got a trail with lots of bumps and you want to do 60 miles an hour over them, then that's where the free ride shines, you know, is in the, in the capacity of the suspension. Um, and with an narrower track, you know, then it does have more track speed, I guess. But, uh, you know, when it comes to flotation, that's where the 16-inch ones still work. You know, they still shine, right? Well, especially you if you're in the neck of the woods up there at the 
CKMP and in, in yeah. Sycamus. I mean, you've got that shoulder deep snow that you're talking about, and that's that's where you well, want all the flotation you can get. Most of the time. Most of the time. You didn't yeah, have it early this year, but you got it yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. And and but to be honest though, there's a there's people that would just as soon ride the pre ride too that you know, maybe they're not chasing that, you know, they're here and there's lots of guys that wanna jump and and uh you know, do flips and do all kinds of fun stuff like that. Like I guess there's less rotating mass on it. So maybe when it's hanging out upside down it uh it's probably easier to, you know, flip around when you got less weight. So yeah. Hey, let me ask you, you know, one more question. Um, the so the, the free ride has a new ski leg or a new spindle that has increased trail mm-hmm. compared to the X and the expert. Is that something yep. that appeals to you? Cause I, I, I know it, it's, it's a little better on the rough choppy stuff and on the big moguls. It's easier to keep yeah. your line. You know, it's something that's also something that I would like to, you know, fool around a little bit more and mix and match. You know that ski leg BS3, BS4. You know, and there's there's lots of lots of fun stuff to be trying in the future for sure. Lots of stuff that I'm going to play around with. Yeah, yeah, like um, I can't wait to see what you build because you're going to cobble this all together. <laughs> Coosterizing, yeah, we call it coosterizing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All and right. you know what? I mean, that's the beauty is like we got all this cool stuff, and now we have the options to mix and match. You know, and it's not like it's you know, really out of the place for the, for anybody to really play with it. You know? Well, you, you have the option to mix and match. Most, most guys are yeah. out there going there to the bank right now, trying to, trying to finance their 2024 spring order. Um, they'll probably yeah. be leaving those yeah. things fairly, fairly much alone. Hey, uh, let me ask you this and then we'll let you go. What, what tips do you have for the average rider? just going back to some technique stuff you you talked about throttle and brake management i know you and i have had some conversations about how you can modulate the brake while you're on the throttle to control the the nose keep the front end down keep transfer under control yeah it's really you know when you think of how you operate the sled it really boils down to the ingredients are you know use the throttle because that's the easiest thing to do you know the second you know, because the throttle is, yes, it controls the speed of the vehicle, but also controls the gyroscopic effect of, like, the track and clutches and air engine and everything, right? So the easiest thing to do is if you can't get the throttle to work for you, then use the snowmobile's weight if it's your advantage. If that doesn't work, use your body weight to the advantage. And the last resort is muscle. You know, and obviously you need to sprinkle a little bit of momentum in there, but really that's those are the three keys, you know, or the ingredients that, you use to make snowmobiles work period you know yeah so, i don't yeah, know if that's that, simple is simple enough for them or yeah well but, some, or, sometimes simple is yeah. even too complicated <laughs> well right. it's just like it doesn't matter if you're getting stuck or if you're operating the sled if you try and you know you can use those three ingredients so. yeah okay all right Carl. oh man i want to get up there again it, it's been a few years Definitely need yeah. to come up there. Maybe Tony and I will throw a couple sleds on his deck and run the Dodge up there. Oh, sure. I get to drive. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? The Ford's nice. Or, I don't have Ford a sled. has more room. I don't have a sled deck. You just sponsor. I'm not a pro rider. Hey, Snow West Podcast needs a sled deck for anybody's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, then what do I do with my gooseneck? 
See, I'm a gooseneck guy because then I've got a heater everywhere I go. What are you starting got a trucking a heater company? And a chair? You starting a trucking company? No, I'm just, I'm just, I just yeah, like exactly. to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not the uh, that, that Canadian mindset where I can get dressed in the middle of a blizzard on a sitting on top of a sled deck. Oh no, CKMP is nice. You get dressed inside well, the lodge. At you, have CKMP, your own, yeah. you have your own lockers, and then you go. God, you got your own room. They have chefs, and <laughs> mechanics, and everything. Exactly. Yeah, we got to get yeah. up there again. All right, thanks, Carl. Thanks for your time. We'll let you go. Uh, have a good night. Good night, Carl. You bet. See you guys. See you, man. Bye bye. All right, Tony, Carl Cooster, always a fun conversation. Oh, he's awesome. So, Such a good friend. Yeah. I want to ask you a question before we call Steve, uh, Steve Martin. Wh- where do you see track length trends going? Because I, I think we've peaked, obviously. We're not doing 175s anymore. No, 175s are. But you rode a 175. 175. Don't get me wrong. They are a fun sled. They will go places, <laughs> especially in deep snow. That is a snowmobile built for British, basically Carl Cruiser's backyard. Yeah, because he rents a lot in his fleet, right? Yeah, yeah. So what? What when you were riding a 175? What did you miss? Um, I missed the ability to just quickly turn around. The ag- ag- agility of the machine. I mean, a 175 is long, but when they're turbocharged and with the Skidoo chassis, <clears throat> it goes places. It's I mean, fun. when you stand one of those things up on the rear axle, like it's a long way down, like 14 feet up in the air. <laughs> All right, we're going to get Steve Martin on the line here real quick. He'll answer like second ring. Hello? First ring. Oh, wow, look God. at you picking first up first ring. ring. Caller number three. Oh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been anxiously waiting, staring at my oh, phone. Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, yeah. All right, Steve Martin on the line. Uh, Skidoo ambassador, former pro snowcross wa- uh, racer, former pro snowcross champion. Like, few people can say that, right? Don't forget Rimshaw. That's right. Rimshaw, too. Are you are you a Jackson World Champion? I am. Yeah. God, what what classes did you win that in? Uh, Seven hundred mod. I have more second places. I, I think Carl Kuster said he has the most second places ever, and I think him and I need to add them up because I might must be right there. I think there's a lot of people that have. A That's going to change place. this year, though. You got that vintage race coming up. That's right. I'm I'm more ready than those other guys. The sled's ripping fast. Tell me, so tell me about this vintage race. G- give me the full background and, and what you guys are doing with this. This sounds fun. Well, I, <laughs> I guess uh, Jay and Blaine were, you know, running their mouths on the side of the hill as usual. And but they came up with that idea since it's the 20th anniversary of the Rev platform. We thought it'd be fun to enter the vintage class because this year it's legal at um, the Jackson Hole Hill Climb because it's 20 years old. So. We had a $5,000 budget to buy a snowmobile, build it, and race it in Jackson Hole. So we have a really trick 2005 Rev. We got it, and it was a basket case. It, this, is, this isn't your, your old Rev. You have, I mean, you raced Revs as a pro. Yep. This is not your old That's sled? Right. No. Um, I don't know if I'd want to take it up Jackson anymore. It's uh, you know, a trophy at this point. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to win, so it's record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's settled. Yeah. So, uh, so what's the program? How many, how many of you guys are involved in this? Uh, it's Carl Cooster and myself are teamed up, and then Jay and Blaine are doing whatever they do in Alpine, which uh, I've been accusing <laughs> them of buying. It's the bought, not built team. I haven't seen anything they built yet. Now, who's building their stuff? I mean, they can't be doing that. Haven't you seen I, those I, guys I with tools in their hands? Like, like they've got it. They know what they're you doing. You count this as a tool. 
Yeah, it's a, they're, they're like uh, that cartoon, you know, squirrel. <laughs> I, I, was, I was up there just a few weeks ago, and their, their race sled, the, the rev, was literally under a snowbank. They'd been shoveling the deck, and it was like you'd just see the handlebars sticking out of the snow. I was like, dudes, you, we're like 60 days out at this point. Now we're less than, I don't know, two weeks two away. Two weeks, man. Yeah, uh, we're a couple weeks out now. Yeah. yeah, so they better get on it. Hey, what day is the vintage race? Is it Saturday? Uh, it's Thursday morning qualifying, and then we final on Friday. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, excellent. I hope I make it to Friday. My my dad's been – I'm lucky to have my dad because he's built the whole thing. I was like, man, that's a lot of work for me to not qualify that. I'd be so embarrassed. Yeah, that would be disappointing. And watch Jay and Blaine beat you. I mean, you'll never hear the end of that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I man. know. That's the – that's the truth. And you guys are all racing pro classes aside from vintage, right? Uh, those two are, and I'm trying to race nine mod and open mod, but uh, since I haven't raced in a long time, I have to like get provisional entries. So waiting to hear on that. All right. So let me ask you a few questions about the 2024s. I, you, when, when they brought the media up to Island Park, you were in the group with us. You came out. We rode together. What sled stands out to you? Are you are you the free ride one forty six turbo guy? Like what what sled is just screaming Steve Martin? hundred uh, percent that one forty six free ride turbo. I was shocked they put it in a one forty six, and then the first time I rode it, I couldn't believe how aggressive the shock valving is, and that has me so excited. Yeah, this is legit. Like, this is legit competition valving. This is not just like oh, we made a we made a stiff shock package. Well, it's fifty percent, yeah. I believe, over yeah. standard. Yeah, that's that's correct. It's it feels like a snowcross sled from back in my day. That's how stiff it is. It's like I was following Ryan up the trail, and we were going like through the single track trails through the trees, and they get so rough. And usually on a mountain sled, you kind of want to take it easy. They they bottom a lot. You know, they're set up for deep snow and side hilling. And Ryan was on that 146, and he just was gone, like hitting him like stadium moves at a supercross. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It it was fun. I I was mind blown on that thing. And, and granted, I when I when we go ride brand new product like that, I generally want to start out on current model year stuff and establish a baseline for the morning, and then step into the new stuff. But there wasn't any, there wasn't any current model year in the in the lineup. And so I jumped on that one forty six, like you said. I couldn't believe that thing. Like I was I was just like a I was just like a kid. It was just like like going back to high school days. Just just flat out going wherever you wanted to go. Yeah, it's shocking how well it goes in the snow, too, for 146. It's a full wheelie, but it's, it goes. Oh, total full wheelie, but that's the fun part about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you said, it, like I built a 146 out of a factory turbo, and it, it was uh, the 165 horse. Now it's 180. But just riding that thing, it's like it was like a whole new level of fun. It like reignited snowmobiling for me. Like I have always loved it, but that was like... That's all I can think about now. Like that's it. Like dominates my thought. That snowmobile right now. Yeah, that one forty six is a party. So what? What? Are, what's the industry doing track length wise, Steve? Like, what are you seeing? Like, to me, I, I'm seeing people going shorter year after year, just because factory turbos do a lot for track speed. So track speed makes up for track length. And now you can have a maneuverable sled that is very capable. What are you seeing? Yeah, same thing. And because I used to be. Uh, once you know i'd have a 121 to jump and then i'd ride a 165 in the mountains but then see all these guys doing re-entries and wheelies so i went to 154 and then 
I was like, well, one, if 154 is this much fun, 146 must be even better. And now we have so much track speed. It's not such a deficit to go to a shorter track anymore. So we're not struggling for horsepower. And they get up on the snow and move. And like you say, they're more playful. It's just they're a lot of work, though. Like if I'm following Tony, Tony Jenkins up something nasty, sometimes I wish I had a 165. But for most days, the shorter tracks are so much more fun, in my opinion. No, I, I have to agree with you on that because, like, one of my favorite sleds is, is definitely the Summit X 154, but with a 2.5-inch track. Um, and I think, like, when Ryan says, I, I do kind of see the industry leading towards a shorter track but shorter lug because we have the power to support that. And the theory, like, everybody thinks, oh, I need three inches. You know, Polaris just released, a, what, a 3.2? 3.25, yeah. Yeah, 3.25. But, like, I look at it as... You know, you don't need three inches of snow digging in the in, in or three inches of track digging in the snow because it's too much traction. When you have too much traction, it causes ski lift. So drop it down to a two point five, or even lower, and build up the track speed, and you're actually getting more track surface area working the snow versus where three inches is digging, trenching, and giving you too much ski lift. Yeah, I, yeah, I see the I same thing, but I, I I like I'm a three inch guy. I'd rather have have the more traction, um, but I ride few hours during the day so i feel like i can use up my energy and then go home <laughs> but uh what did, what did rob kincaid call you mr two o'clock mr two o'clock because <laughs> two o'clock comes and i am going you would home. piss him off so bad <laughs> well granted he's a guy that wouldn't you know he'd, he'd talk a big game out we're going to start riding at eight o'clock we wouldn't we wouldn't leave the truck till 10 45 11 yeah, well, he's got to feed his. He had to feed his on. chickens, his cows, his donkeys, like whatever. He had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, it was a busy day. So, so when we'd hit the trail at eleven o'clock, and I'd be like, "Hey, it's two o'clock. I'm going. See ya." Yeah, he wasn't. Too I oh, oh, we know. I, we know. <laughs> but I'm, ha I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. No, but but I agree. A three inch track, and then that new three three and a quarter inch track. That's a lot of traction, and so what that translates to is more upper body. Yeah, it's strength. Definitely it's harder. It wears you out faster. So you go to a two and a half inch track, and it's more forgiving. It takes a little it bit of works that strength. So out. good. Everybody yeah, I ride with, manageable. yeah, everybody I ride with, they're like, "We have a two point five. I'm like, "Yeah, just wait till the day's over with." Yeah, but no, but yeah, nobody exactly. who who orders the two five. Like more people would enjoy that, but it's the same conversation we were having. Bigger's always better. Yeah, you know, just like the free ride. It's got the biggest, best shocks on it. So why don't I have that sled? Yeah. Yeah, what's your take on that, Steve? Like, like just because the free ride is the cool new toy in the lineup, is that what everybody should go out and buy? Man, I, I don't think so. It's it's so, so specific to a certain rider, and it's like the guy that is jumping, and like if you watch like Jay Manaberry or pick those dudes from Sweden that are sending it, that snowmobile out of the box will eat th that stuff up. And I just think that stiff valving, if you're not jumping or that's not your thing, it's – it's going to be too much for someone maybe or it's going to be it's going to wear you out for sure if you're not riding it aggressively yeah in a way it's it's like a it's like a trail rider dirt biker jumping on like eli tomax factory bike like yeah oh yeah for it, sure. okay it's a cool bike but not right for the application right you have to ride it hard to for it to reward you for sure hey what what do you feel when you jump back and forth between the x and the expert when you're going, we're talking going from a flex edge track to a non-flex edge track and a, and a T-Motion X suspension that pivots to an XT suspension that doesn't. What do you feel there? Uh, the Summit X is so much easier to ride. And then like, 
I wrote an expert, you know, that I have an expert in a free ride in that I love how, like how technical I can be on the, on the expert. But by the end of the day, I ride almost every day and I'm in the gym and my shoulders are sore. So skis are aggressive, but that sled is so precise. Like if I'm riding somewhere with like, I have to side hill something with high consequence. Like I can't go into the open water. I, I have so much confidence on that thing, but my dad rides a summit X and he goes everywhere I go. So it just it completely comes down to riding style. It's just the X is so much easier to ride than the expert, but it's still a premium snowmobile and it's still capable. It's just whatever you prefer. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I like the expert I, and it's exactly what you said. It's precise. Like when yeah. I, when I put that thing on edge and I pick a line, I know I'm going to stay on course. On the X, sometimes yeah. I, I'm not, but the X is definitely a little less fatiguing to ride. For yeah, sure. And like if the, if the snow's not perfect or you're riding in old tracks, maybe I'm a lighter guy, so maybe the X is, would be better most of the time for me. But if I want the best snowmobile for like the most epic day, if it's deep and I'm riding crazy terrain or if I'm following someone better than me, like if I went riding with Tony for sure I'm taking my expert and I'm putting the limiter strap in the short position because I, otherwise I'm going to struggle because we're not, he didn't, he should see where he takes us. It's oh, steep. Tony. It's steep. <laughs> yeah. Tony is, he's got to be one of the hardest ambassadors to follow. I'm guessing. <laughs> for sure. Well, there's, 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 there's some good ones, but I like to shithole. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. What, talk to me about this, Steve. The free ride has a 36 inch front end. The X and the expert have a 34 inch front end. What kind of a difference does that make to you? Uh, I like the 36. If I'm jumping, for sure, it's more stable on a hard landing. Like if if I bottom the front end, it, I know it's not going to do anything goofy. Or if you, you land sideways, it's way more stable. And then, but side hilling is completely different. It takes a lot more effort to side hill that 36 and keep it on edge. It's like um, the the 34 almost balances itself right off the ground until the handlebars are in the snow and the, the 36 has such a shorter window. So if you're doing a lot of side hilling, the 34 is so much better. But if you're jumping, for sure the 36. Yeah. I And it, man, when that 34 inch front end was on the Gen 4 um, a couple years ago, that, that was, that was weird. Like a little it, different. It was different. It was, it was weird on a Gen 4 because the body was too big. Yeah. You would pan out pretty easy. But then yeah. when it, when, it, when the Gen 5 all came together on that, that's where the front end was designed for, was for the Gen 5, not the Gen 4. So when it was a complete package, it was like, oh yeah, this thing's like a knife edge. Oh yeah, and I, I yeah. think that was smart of Ski-Doo to release that 34 inch on the Gen 4 just to kind of, you know, we're not going <clears> to <throat> hand out all the cards in the deck. They're going to be like, here, try this one out. And, you know, see what the yeah, vibe is with, sure. the, with the purchasers of that sled. And, you know, most of, most people like that 34 inch when it first came out. Yeah. So, yeah I really Steve, where, where do you fall on naturally aspirated stuff? Are you riding an 850 E-Tech NA very much or are you just turbo? Not just turbo. And I would like to have an NA again. I, I'm always shocked. I ride them about once a year when we go to the media shoot and they're light and they're rippy and they're always faster than I remember. So, like no, it's a great all around snowmobile. We've gotten spoiled with turbos. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's seriously. 100% true. I, I had this epiphany early in the season talking to one of our buddies who rides for another brand. 
uh, for not Skidoo. No, he's not a Skidoo ambassador and he's not a Polaris guy either. So you know what he's dealing with. And he was talking about the trouble that he's having, like getting his aftermarket turbo to run. I'm like, it, it took me like five seconds. I'm like, wait, they still make aftermarket turbos for snowmobiles? Oh, man. have you not tried one of these factory turbos? These things are insane. And it was just, yeah. it was just so funny listening to him talk about that. It was like being back in the, being, being back in 2012. Well, that brings up another thing. Like when people are trying to decide which uh, Summit package they're going to buy, is you know Summit X Expert Free Ride. You know, don't forget to manage the fact that, like, do I need a turbo or do I want an N8? Because at the end of the day, if, like, you're a beginner rider, do not get a turbo. Yeah. Get an N8. Yeah, step. Yeah. Yeah, go go learn some skills. Yeah, go learn your skills. Take some time. Have a little patience. Like, there are so many people out there with turbos that shouldn't be on a turbo. Like, go learn to ride a snowmobile without a turbocharger. And you'll become 10 times a better rider. You know what? You want to you want to do it the right way? Go get yourself a Neo Plus. I don't care how old you are. Go get a Neo Plus. Oh, I have one. Learn how to ride that. We should, we should do a Neo Day. We've been talking about that. This. Would be so fun. Yes. Get all of us together on the Neos. Yes. I'm I, all for that. That'd be. I blast. think that would be hilarious. The spring ride though. There's that would get some traction. Yeah, yeah. and that, there's got to be a tech inspection though. I'm going to born stroke both of yours. <laughs> oh man, <you're, laughs> I, I wouldn't trust you for a second. I'm just going to I'm just going to go on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> yours, yours would be making like a, yours would be making a whistle and a sound every time you let yeah, out. a little nitrous or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 yeah. I don't know about that on the competition with you. Um, all right, Steve Martin, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate you calling in for the show. This is this has been a lot of a lot of fun talking about this stuff. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. See you, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, see you guys. Yeah, that's a good point. You don't need. I mean, the turbo, the factory turbo is, it runs so good. It's smooth. Like it's, it's manageable power, but there are so many people out there that buy a turbo that have no business even, you know, using a turbo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw this in the aftermarket days, you know, <clears throat> the early, you know, 2011, 12, 13, when Boondocker turbos was popular, you know, that was a factor in there. Like you'd have all these customers buying turbos, putting them on their Articats, Polaris's and half the people shouldn't even be on them mm -hmm. but so, same thing like i can buy it so why not have it uh, yeah <laughs> so different than like you know somebody buying a three hundred thousand dollar wakeboard boat and then you see them out in the reservoir or the lake and they're towing people around on tubes yeah <laughs> that's a great analogy <laughs> because i've always thought snowmobilers are weird because it's such a short window there's there's hype insane hype from september to january 1st by the time you start riding oh yeah you just you just hyping yourself up, and you will go buy. You will go spend money on whatever you can. It doesn't matter. New gear, new truck, new trailer, everything. Coolest sled you can find. Wrap it, everything, and then you've got like three months to ride the thing. And most people honestly only ride probably two months. Yeah. And you you cram all that excitement and hype into a two month window, and then it snow melts and it starts all over again. So yeah, the wake boat guys are equally as same. <laughs> probably spend a little more money though. All right, let's get Lisa Grandin on the line here. All right, we have Lisa Grandin on the line. Uh, Lisa, you you joined the uh, the Skidoo team as an ambassador late last fall, before Heydays, right? Or was it after Heydays? It was right before Heydays. Okay, and yeah. then so so tell us about yourself. You you're from Idaho, right? Yeah, I grew up near the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho. So I actually grew up on a cattle ranch, training horses and uh, going anywhere fast. <laughs> and riding snowmobiles and. <sighs> Yeah, I had a little Skidoo 440 when I was a kid, so that was my first experience with power sports. And my dad had dragged me around on an inner tube or let me ride it once in a while, but 
he also knew I was a wild child and didn't let me have control of it very often until I got a little older. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've got Tony Jenkins here on the line and, and Tony knows you pretty well. Like, like you two have been uh, going to some trade shows together. Work, actually, this we've written together. Oh, oh have you? Really? She okay. showed yeah. me Stanley. Oh man, yeah. Stanley would be insane on a snowmobile. I couldn't imagine. Well, she knows <laughs> that area well. And that's, that's just your backyard, right? It is. Yeah. I can ride from my house. I live right under the Southeast mountains. What's your snow like these days? You know, we've had a pretty shallow winter. It's actually one of the worst we've had in a while. But this last week, we finally got some storms. So it's actually pretty good right now. Man, everything's yeah, been going uh, around dry. you, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sauties are blocking but, yeah, the we, storms. I guess. They're picking it up now, though. But, yeah, our snow is generally pretty dry. We have really cold temperatures, you know, down to, like, negative 45 Fahrenheit in the winter. So our snow stays really dry and, like, just fresh powder all winter. So... We can that's, usually ride really late season. That's a that's Minnesota cold right there. <laughs> that's a little too that's a little too harsh. I usually cut it off at about negative twenty, kind of the lowest I want to ride. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> what do so? What have you been riding this year? Are you on an you're on an expert? If I remember, I am on I am on an expert one sixty five turbo. Okay, so talk to me about that. Why did you get to pick track length and everything? Like, tell me your your thoughts on track length. You know in in the sawtooth it's pretty steep so generally here i'm riding pretty steep terrain the trees are pretty tight there's a lot of goalies drainages it's a lot more technical than er other areas i've ridden so the 165 allows me to ride a little bit slower in that terrain especially if it's deep i don't have to ride quite as fast if i hesitate and mess up i'm not getting stuck as much so for beginner riders it can be helpful if you're riding technical terrain just because you save a little bit of energy by being able to ride with less momentum but with this snow i'm actually been enjoying a 154 this year and i'm going to switch next year to a shorter track so so let's talk about that we're going into the 2024s which which sled uh stands out to you you know i still love the expert i just love how that handles in the steep terrain it so yeah i'm gonna switch to a 154 expert next year and you'll go with the, you read the fact, you read the turbo, right? The turbo R? Yep. I love the turbo. That's it just such a fun sled. It so fun. See, it Tony, we've, we've been doing, we've been shooting this podcast for an hour and it's Lisa that, that agrees with me on the expert. Like, like that is, that is the weapon right there. I, I do. I do think it's a good sled. It's, it's, it is one of my favorite sleds, but I, the Summit X is a sleeper. It is. It, it is. is. I, and I think people overlook it because it's not the expert. And well, it's not the free yeah. ride. Yeah, but a 154 and a 2.5 turbo, that's a sleeper. It's yeah. the most forgiving snowmobile you have. God, I might have to He's try He's right. It. it definitely is. I, you know, the Expert is not the easiest sled to ride. Have you spent a lot of time on the X, Lisa? Not the 23. I have had a couple Xs in the past, like a Gen 4. Um, but not the 23X. So just, just talking about like the differences in suspension, you know, you've got the pivoting... Uh, T-Motion X skid in the X, and then you've got the T-Motion XT, which is the rigid skid, and then the difference in tracks. What, what's your thoughts there? Uh, you obviously like the Expert better. I do like the Expert better just because of the trade I'm generally getting thrown into with my riding buddies here. <laughs> but as far as an easier day, it's going to be the X. For most riders out there that are not riding side hills through tight trees 24-7, the X is an easier sled to ride. It comes over on edge easier. That flex edge makes it slightly easier to hold. You just 
generally use less, less effort throughout the entire day on it. So you're going to be a little bit less tired at the end of the day. Yeah, and we were, we were talking about uh, track lengths earlier with, with Carl and with Steve. We kind of see this national trend of everybody, you know, we peaked out at 175. Tony spent a couple of years on a 175, and everybody's coming back to a shorter track length. You just mentioned you're going to go from a 65 this year to a 54 next year. Why Why is that? Why, why do you think everybody's going shorter? Partly, I'd say it's a little bit fad. For me, I honestly feel like this Gen 5 just feels like a different sled. The Gen 4 154 felt a little more unpredictable, and this chassis just feels different. I feel like the 165 feels bigger than it is, and the 154 feels more like the old 165 to me. It's just a very predictable machine. It doesn't get out of control. It goes exactly where you want it to go, and it just uh, gets around the trees just a little bit quicker. It's just that tiny bit less effort for me to whip around the trees and... I'm riding a little bit faster, you know, than I did years ago. So I feel like with the 154, I have enough momentum now to keep up with it. So where, where does rider position, I'll ask both of you this, where does rider position come into play? I feel like it's, it's very important on a skidoo because if you see somebody coming off another brand and they jump on a skidoo, what do they do? They override the machine. Override it and fall off. So a skidoo, like <laughs> it's definitely less leg input. It's like a Polaris or Articat, you can get way back on the running board, but like a a skidoo, you got to be in the neutral position. You can only jump maybe back like six inches on the running board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you jump back on the run back at the running board, you're doing a really quick cookie. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And if if you look if you look at like a skidoo side profile compared to a Polaris, let's say side profile, the rider position is actually a little farther forward. Like the foot stirrups are farther forward. The the base of the steering post is farther forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have on a shorter track, this goes to what you're saying, Lisa, on a shorter track, you have more track behind you on a skidoo. There you do. Mm-hmm. And you have a wider, you-, you have a wider track too. So you've got mm-hmm. a bigger footprint. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you feel it too. You can feel it back there and it just, it's, uh, and it part might partly just be that we don't have great snow this year. So I, uh, 165 is completely unnecessary if we don't have really deep powder anymore, I feel like. Yeah, that's a good point. Did, did you get a chance to ride the new free ride? I did not. <laughs> well, what what are your thoughts just on the changes that they've made to that narrower track, uh, maintaining the wide front end, big time suspension? I think it's great. I think the more they can separate the different models, the better because it's, you know, they're built for each different type of rider. You can choose a sled and it's ready to go out of the box no matter what you want to do with it. So having vastly different models just appeals to a wider variety of people. So if you've got a friend or somebody, you know, and they're just like, they, they see, they're one of those people that just sees the free ride and they're like, okay, that's the cool new one. I'm buying that regardless. I don't care what you say. What, what do you say to help them understand that, that, that there are differences in the, in the lineup? Well, if I know them personally, I will possibly go out and take them riding, but mostly I'll, you know, I'll, I'll ask them what they want to do. What what type of riding do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be in the trees? Do you want to be hitting jumps? Do you like deep powder? Do you want a wheelie everywhere? Do you want to ride fast? Do you want to ride slow? I kind of go over their experience, how long they've been riding, uh, the type of terrain they're in, and explain the differences. As in, if you're on a shorter track, you have to ride a lot faster, the different track widths, um, you know, the rigid suspension versus the T-motion, how that affects the riding style. And I kind of just generally go over what they like to do and try to find the sled that is the most fun for them. 
it's not about which one is the best. It's about which one's going to be the most fun for your entire day. Let me throw a curveball at both of you. And I don't see what both of you say here. Say you've got somebody that, that is, you've known for a long time, you've ridden with them, they're a competent rider, they can, they can hang with you, they're on a Polaris or a Cat, and they're going to buy a Skidoo next year. Where are you steering them? I'm going to steer them to the expert. Why? Yeah. Because everybody I've seen that has transitioned from a Polaris or an Arctica, they tend to override a Skidoo. And so when they get on like a Summit X package, it's so easy and nimble that they override it and it's, they're like, I can't ride it, it's out of control. But as soon as they jump on my expert sled, they're like, oh, it's more manageable. And it's all about the calibration and the DS4 skis. What do you think, Lisa? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. The expert handles a lot like that. I mean, it will hold a side hill just like a Polaris will. It's very aggressive on that very precise line, and that's what those riders would be looking for. What do you think about sending them to a free ride, though? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a 36 front end. It's a 15 in wide track. Couple similarities yeah, I, there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I if you're a on a one, choice. if you're on a one sixty five free ride for sure. All right, uh, are you ever going to go down to one forty six, Lisa? <laughs> as a spare sled, yes, that would be. I would love to have one just to play with. Oh, that's I probably wouldn't it. want it as my only sled, though. That's the thing; it's such a commitment to have that as your primary sled. But, yeah. but yeah, if you could have two, if you could have two yeah. sleds, the one forty, yeah. yeah, if you could own two snowmobiles, that would be fun. It would be fun. So if, Tony, if I did that, it would snow 500 feet next winter and I would be miserable. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we're talking about a winter we haven't seen in years in Idaho. Like, yeah, we have BC snow in Idaho. Like, it's incredible. But, like, on years that we have shitty snow, excuse my language, but mm -hmm. a 146 free ride on a year with low snowpack, that would be a riot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would be. It so, would. Tony, your your top sled is a, is a Summit X. 154 with the 2.5. 2.5. What's your second sled? It's going to be a Summit Expert Turbo with the 165. Uh, okay, Lisa, same to you. What, what's your second sled? I feel like I'm the exact opposite. It would be the Expert 165 Turbo for most conditions when we have decent snow. And then the X154 would be my fun, playful, get around, get around sled. So. And are you going to go with a 3-inch on that X or a 2.5? You know, I like the 2.5. It actually handles spring heavy snow a lot easier, I feel like. That's a good point, because we haven't really talked about that. Like a three-inch track in the spring can, well, can be pretty detrimental. When I first went to Iceland, um, not well, not the first time, but when we first w showed up with the Gen 4 in Iceland, and they only had the three-inch track for the coastal regions, that snowmobile was dangerous. You could, Like coming down some of those hills, like you're talking 35, 45-degree slopes, and it just, it, just hang on. I mean, Jesus, Jesus, take the wheel. But, good but that, thing you're tough, Tony. Yeah. yeah, good thing you're tough, Tony. That's And that's Iceland. That's Iceland for you. <laughs> it's crazy, guys. I mean, there's, there's, well, yeah, there's some zones over here, though. Like, why, I, I'm thinking of Western Wyoming, where spring riding would be a pretty sketchy like that. Yeah, 2.5 definitely works better in the spring snow. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah, I, th I think I'm going to go with a with an Expert 154 Turbo as my primary sled, and and a Freeride 154. I I really want a Freeride 146, but I don't. I just I, I think would... you're going to end up in trouble. <laughs> but but so what? It's fun. <laughs> I, I'm riding to have fun, Tony. I don't care. No, if I, in trouble. I get it. I get it. it. It is fun. Sometimes it's not about getting where you want to go. No, it's, it's about not. being able to hang on. 
because we've all been, you know, we've ridden these areas. Yeah, the there's no we, we haven't we've been, been We've been there. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's all it's all about skis in the air, and I'll just I'll do a few loops. <laughs> some, I'll, K, some Caleb Kosturkis. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go do some reentries all day and have my buddy film them for Instagram. That's his brother. Yeah, it's a, it's it's pure entertainment though. Well, it is, but but it's funny how these these younger guys are riding like that. We talked about at the beginning of the show how younger riders didn't have to transition yeah. through three or four different riding styles. I went with like Mason Rutledge and Dylan Boyce the other day, and it's like they get onto a hillside, and I'm just sitting there, and they're doing bow tie after bow tie after bow tie, and I'm like, well, where are they getting this energy from? Like, <laughs> well, and they can spend the whole day there too. Yeah, they'll spend the whole entire day doing bow ties, and I'm like, I thought we're going on an adventure ride. Well. <laughs> I think the idea of adventure ride, Tony, has changed from when you and I. Oh had yeah, some of those it is completely ones. changed. Yeah, yeah. Trying trying to lose the people behind you by making the terrain so difficult. Those days are slowly going. Away yeah, like here. following Brett Rasmussen and, and Chris Brandt back in the days. It was like everything I had to get up there, and you just look back, and Brett would just be sitting there looking at you. Chris would be looking like, "Oh, you made it." <laughs> Oh man, I one of the worst positions I've been in. Sorry, Lisa, I'm going to tell a story here that, that might drag on for a minute. But one of the worst positions I've been in was it was it snowshoot in Grand Lake, Colorado, and we were clear up north of Grand Lake, um, closer to Winter Park, mm-hmm. and, and we were we were below this ridge of twelve thousand feet, and uh, Chris Brandt was up there riding the cats, and Marty Sampson, <laughs> the chief engineer for yeah. Polaris RMK. The guy that pretty much made RMK what RMK is was up there, and those two took off, and they were going to go do a loop, and I'm like, I'm going with them. I'm going to try to follow them. <laughs> so I, I'm on. I swear I was on a cat, like on an on an M, either an M8 or an M1000. I'm trying to follow these two, and they're long gone, but I can follow their tracks, and we get on this nasty, nasty side hill, and the the terrain options are getting fewer and fewer, and they've cleared out the snow, and and there's just side hills of just rock, rock face with, with just a dusting of snow on it. I'm like, this is really stupid to do. I'm on a prototype. And I you just keep trying to follow him. And there was this one section, high consequence stuff uh, below you. There was no option. I was pretty much had to keep going because I couldn't go anywhere else. Couldn't turn around. And this goes back to the days of, you know, riding styles. At this point now, I think we could turn around pretty much anywhere we're at. But yeah. at that time, I, I'm like, I got to keep going. And it got to one of these rock face sections where by the time these two yahoos had gone across it there was nothing left to do <laughs> and so i just i just looked for the best snow i could find and pinned it and made it across and washed the the back end out and i thought oh boy here we go and start sliding down the hill and i hook my uphill ski around a tree and stop and there i sit hanging above this cliff below this other rock face nobody knows where I'm at because we, we just kind of scatter and I saw these two take off. I'm like, I'm going to follow them. They're not coming back. Like these two are riding. They're not going to notice anybody's missing for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're just, you're just, and this happens to us every year. You're just sitting there like, okay, how do I get out of this? Hoping I have cell phone service. <laughs> oh man. And it, yeah, well, it's just one of those things where like, okay, I, I can move the snowmobile half an inch at a time and keep it under control. And just slowly work it around and then do this like controlled slide down to the next tree and wrap it around that and then slowly maneuver it around and then slide down <laughs> to the next tree to where there's some snow on the mountain to where I can go again. Ugh. And finally got out of it and 
and catch back up to the group and there's Marty and Chris sitting there eating lunch. And I just, I just roll up and they're, they got their helmets off and they're having a sandwich. And, uh, they're just like, where have you been? Like, well, I tried to follow you guys. And Marty said, well, that was probably a bad idea. And just kept eating, <laughs> kept eating his lunch. Uh, just rides like that. Those, I just think those are gone. Like we're, we're not doing that as much as we used to. No. And then, you know, Dave McClure and Rob Kincaid, man, we used to ride in the gnarliest places. Like. I have, I have similar stories. We can go on forever, but it's just, those days are kind of gone. Unless you go up to British Columbia, I'll guarantee you go ride with Alfred or Cooster and those, those days will come back. I don't think I could leave at two o'clock if I went with Alfred. No, you, you, Al, mm, Alfred's got a kid now, so he's back by five, but Cooster, you're never home by till seven or eight. Yeah, geez. Yeah, I've, I've heard Cooster's <laughs> coming home rides, like in the dark with probably two sleds in the group that are mangled, missing an A-arm. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Sounds like my way. I carry two headlamps with me at all times. That's smart. I don't want to ride with you, Lisa. I don't ride people <laughs> that carry headlamps. People, I bring people back after dark all the time. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet the train is insane over there where you're at. It's, that's big country. It is. It's pretty easy to drop into places you can't really get out of. <laughs> hey, uh, it's, give, it's give me some, though. Lisa, give me some tips uh, for the average rider. Just uh, sled control, uh, maybe maybe tips for getting into the sport, just things they should know. For getting into the sport, I mean, it's always helpful to have a friend that can take you that's patient or get, find a clinic. For women, there's a lot of free events like Ladies Ride. I host a Ladies Ride every year that's totally free. And we'll do, you know, skills days and practice and rides. And so it's really easy to find those in every state or in Canada. As far as tips, the main thing I see beginners doing is looking at their skis instead of looking at where they want to go and not counter steering enough. They're often, they've often been told by someone to pin and lean <laughs> and that doesn't work. So we all know that counter steering and a little bit of throttle will save you a lot of muscle energy. So I usually just tell people to counter steer a little bit more aggressively and turn their head and look the direction they want to go and their sled will follow their body. Yeah, for good. me it's all about feeling the sled good info yeah anything you can do to just reduce the amount of energy that you're spending helps you yeah. helps you just have more fun during the day yeah i mean you just got to learn to trust your sled and feel it rather than trying to look at it all the time you know and if, if anybody thinks that these snowmobiles we have today are still hard to ride go back and ride a six seven eight year old <laughs> snowmobile and try to yeah. try to do yeah. the same stuff you're doing like uh-huh We've come a oh, long I way. started riding all of this train on a 2007 Rev 600 SDI 144. That was my first backcountry sled, and I rode all of the same stuff I ride now. Yeah, a lot that's harder. Impressive. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how I did it. Still. Well, you spent all day getting to a spot. Now you're there in ten minutes. Yeah. 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 It, it was mostly a pin it and pray that I wouldn't die. You well, know, that's a, that's actually a good point, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, snowmobiles have developed so much in the last ten years that it's making it a lot of a lot of people have gotten really good on snowmobiles. You know, I go back fifteen mm-hmm. years ago, and I'd ride. You know, we wouldn't get snow for two weeks, and you could ride a couple different areas that nobody could get to. But now everybody can get to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little frustrated about that. <laughs> I, I am too. It, it's it's hard to keep places secret because you put a track in there and everybody is, has enough courage to follow a track these days. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You put one track in there and they're like, Oop, I'm gonna follow that yeah, path. Make those make those tracks really fun. Yeah, that's that's the trick. Is just where <laughs> you where you put your track down. in. Yeah, <laughs> leave a trail. Of just easier to do here. behind you. 
Yeah. Well, Lisa, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Appreciate you calling in here and uh, having this conversation with us. It's been fun having you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you later. Lisa Grant and everybody. All right. Bye, guys. Well, Tony, this has been a fun show. We've uh, we've gone over an hour. Um, Holy cow, it is. That's almost my bedtime. God, yeah, yeah. You got to go home, and cook up some vegetables, and have no, a glass of water. I had a greasy cheeseburger before I showed up. Did you, man? You were slipping, aren't you? <laughs> you're just you're just letting go. Full, full dad mode nowadays. <laughs> just, just bring on the dad bod. <laughs> man, speaking of that, you sent me some videos last night of your your kids riding, and your daughter rides that Summit Neo, and she is wrong foot forward in that thing and counter steering and I couldn't that be more like proud. Like it's the most rewarding part of my career in snowmobiling is watching my kids want to be like dad and they love going out there. Like I give them the option like, Hey, do you want to go ski today? Or do you want to go snowmobiling? And nine out of 10 times it's dad. Can we go snowmobiling? Yep. Let's go. And it's not just, I don't take them down to the field. We go on like 30, 40 mile, mile yeah, you, loops. You do rides. Yeah. Like we're legit, legit like rides. cross country riding with my kids on, and you know, my hat's off to ski deer. They, they listen to the consumer and the ambassadors and they put a similar bill in the market for every type of rider. Yeah. That Neo is cool. Like my daughter rides one of those. She's, uh, she's 11 going on 12, but yeah, she, same she's age pretty as my tall. Daughter. Yeah. And and she rides it well. Like it's it's so fun to watch them. It is, yeah. And it, well, it's just it's rewarding to like I took her up on the top of Two Top last spring, and to see her get because we came up through the trees, and then to see her like get up there on top and stop and look out at the view and just be like, "Wow, I I got myself up here." Yeah, like that's cool. It did that? Yeah. No, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, Tony, thanks for joining us tonight. This has been a this has been a fun conversation. Um, again, talking about the 2024 skidoos that are just out joining, uh, joining with us tonight had a few skidoo ambassadors, Tony Jenkins here in studio, uh, Carl Cooster. We had him on the phone from up in, uh, Sycamus, BC at Carl Cooster mountain park. And, uh, we had Steve Martin on the, on the line here for a little while. And we had Lisa Grandin, uh, check out those three, uh, uh those four writers on uh, Instagram, give them a follow. And, uh, you know, the, the whole point of this has just been to get away from this whole idea that, that just because there's a new model and it's the biggest, baddest thing out there, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best shoe for your foot right now. You know, there's a, a lot of different applications and these snowmobiles are getting so specialized lately. So specialized. I, I feel like I, I agree with what you just said in the last 10 years, we've, we've come farther than we did the 10 years previously. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of advancements in that 10 year block. There was one mountain sled per brand. Yeah. Now you have options. Yeah. You have, in a, the you have a full sleds. lineup. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like picking a dang F-150. You just, there's too many options to choose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but it's fun. It's fun to have it that way. You can really pick the tool that, that matches your riding style, your snow condition, the type of snow you get, yeah. the terrain you like to ride. You know, it, it's really come a long way and it's kind of fun. Kind of, kind of fun to live through it, you know? It is fun to watch, watch it change, but, you know, especially seeing these young kids riding the way they are. It's incredible what they're doing. Listen to us two old guys. Dude, it's getting bad. These young kids. <laughs> Let's go to bed. All right. Yeah, it's bedtime. All right, thanks, Tony. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for listening, and thank you to our show sponsors. Can't get enough sledding content? Subscribe to Snow West Magazine at snowwest.com and get seven issues from September through March. 
try our awesome new vertical digital format or get magazines mailed to your door. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for the latest sled reviews, interviews, and more.